welcome back to Grownish Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Brooklyn Beatty. And I'm Josh Williams. And today we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that we have learned or are learning in our 20s. And I don't know about you, Josh, but being a little over halfway through my 20s, I feel like I've learned quite a few things along the way. Absolutely. And, and some of these things that we have learned over the course of our 20s um, are building up to this point, right? Um, I, I think that it has been a long time coming to get here. And some of these I wish I would have learned sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I wish I wouldn't have had to get burnt so bad in order to learn these lessons. But that's life. Matur- maturation of life is uh, sometimes there's, uh, well, six different ways to Sunday, right? How you get there. I have never heard that quote, but I like it. Yeah, you never heard that? No, I had to think about it there for a second. I don't yeah. know if you could see my face expression. I was like, wait, what did he say? She looked at me like, what are you saying? Six different ways to Sunday. Yeah, and kind of like this whole grownish thing, right? Right. We're all making our way to middle age. Got oh, different paths to get there. Yet. Don't say that yet. Ooh, that <laughs> Hopefully we're only at a quarter right now. Okay. Fingers crossed. I'd love to make it to 100 just to say I made it to 100. So. Yes. Um, I guess I will just dive right in. I kind of made a list. I don't know how you went about thinking about this, but I made a, li- a list of just different things that I have learned about myself or I'm still continuing to learn and things that I guess I've realized have made me more of an adult and made me who I am. And I feel like over the past few years, especially, I have grown and changed a lot. The person that I was graduating college is really not the person that I am now, but not in a bad way. I mean, I have a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences in who I am and who I was even five years ago. What would you say would probably be the one that pops out to you the most? Well, I don't know if there's a specific one, but the thing that I find myself doing a lot is sounding just like my mom. Oh, and this is just, it's kind of funny because I'm, I've always been my mother's daughter. I'm very similar to my mom and I always have been. We have a lot of the same things when it comes to sense of humor. Our, like We're both really friendly, outgoing people. But growing up, you know your mom always has those specific phrases that you're like, okay, okay, I get it. Come on. Well, I've talked about him before, but I do have a two-year-old stepson at home. And I catch myself saying things to him that my mom said to me without even thinking about it. And after I say it, I'm like, did I really just say that? I sound just like her. I'm trying to see on your paper there. Please tell me you got at least one quote. Yes, the biggest one that comes to my mind. So he's two, but he's already trying to push it sometimes because he's learning, you know, he can say no sometimes. And sometimes he's not allowed to say no. We need him to do things like take a bath or eat his dinner, but he still fights me. And I say, quote, this is my house. So this is my rules. (laughs) <laughs> and when you have your own house, you can have your own rules. But until then, you're going to do what I say. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like exactly like my mother. And I even texted her about this a couple of months ago because those words came right out my mouth. And I just it took me a second. It took me back. And I texted my mom and I was like, I'm turning into you. What'd she say? She laughed and she's like, <laughs> I knew it. And she goes, well, look at here. Now you have your own house and your own rules. So you're carrying on the tradition. I'm like, I guess so. But yeah, and then I also old though. It it does. It really, really makes me feel old. What? Because I don't know. Just to know that you're in charge of making the rules now, and like what you say goes. Because Mm. to be honest, like I don't have a lot of self control when it comes to like eating ice cream or binge watching too much TV or staying up too late. I definitely am living my childhood dreams sometimes because I'm doing things that I definitely was not allowed to do when I was five. (laughs) Um, 
eat all the ice cream I want right out the container, you know? Okay. Live um, your life. But it's my rules. It's That's... my house. I can do what I want. So It's come full circle. It's come full circle. <laughs> and now I'm telling a two-year-old, hey, until you're grown up and you live by yourself, you're going to do what I say. What you're going to eat your dinner. You? He just looks at me in annoyance. He, you know what he does? He's not really sassy in the fact that he, like, mouths off. I don't really think he's old enough to do that. But he sighs and rolls his eyes at me like I am just the worst person. He'll go, I guess. Oh and I'm like, you gosh. are two and a half. So pitiful. <laughs> I have pictures of him just pouting on the couch and just staring at me with his arms crossed like the world is ending just because I told him. My favorite one was I was making spaghetti and I had frozen garlic bread that I was about to put in the oven. And he was like, can I eat some of that? And I was like, well, it's frozen. So no. And he was like, Ugh, whatever. And I was like, are you really <laughs> oh mad at me because I just told you you can't eat frozen bread? I love kids. They're oh seriously my, my favorite. Just the things that they get so frustrated about. It's like, you're the, the world is just so difficult when you're two, you know? Oh my god, Everything's against you. So that's actually the first thing that came into my mind. Just the fact that I... It's not so much like a lesson that I've learned, but just the fact that I'm realizing I'm getting old and I'm turning into exactly who my mom was when I was a little kid. Wow. I like that. I like that. You're going to stay on the same mom because my mom came up and she told me one thing, you know, a while back. She said, used to tell me when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And, uh, and she's right. So, you know, I come from like half Italians, a little bit of little Germans over there. So, you know, blood pressure gets high. Okay. We get mm-hmm. some high blood pressure in the family. So when tensions arise in the kitchen, you know, you live under one house, everybody gets a little annoyed of each other eventually at some point. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when those situations would arise, um, my mom always used to say, go take a second, take a walk, go run out, run around the block, walk around the block, whatever, drop that emotion level lower than so that way your intelligence level can rise i like and, that um, phrase yeah that was something that's always stuck with me um when i coached football uh that was one of the things i used to teach my quarterbacks hey when your emotions are high intelligence are low sometimes you just got to take a moment for yourself compose yourself get yourself right and come back at it and, and you know what that's smart because looking back things that i regret saying to people is always when i'm emotional whether right. it be angry sad feeling de- betrayed or hurt you, it's so easy just to say what's on your mind. And yeah, it might be what you're thinking, but it shouldn't necessarily be what you say. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it goes back to, I think, you know, probably one of the more common ones is cooler heads prevail. Um, and, and, you know, that's exactly where it comes from is you, know, you got to take the second because you never want to say something you're going to be regretful with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're talking about stuff that maybe we've come across in our lives that we've done or maybe said that, you know, has left us feeling grownish um and and you know some form or some po- some way and uh you know I, I think about some of the times that i maybe have said some things to you know my grandparents or my mom or my dad that i, I really wish i wouldn't have said yeah and if i would have just taken those concepts there when emotion is high intelligence is low but you don't but it's one of those things that my mom tried installing in me and uh it's probably probably wasn't until like 22 23 that i, I realized that wow, what she was really saying to me was kind of gospel here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, mom, that was actually the smartest thing that I, I think you probably ever could have told me. So uh, that was one thing that I took away from my mom. So here we start this uh, this episode with our moms being very movement. Uh, yeah. I know what you're meaning. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. 
they just, they're wise. Our moms are everything, right? Yeah. And I feel like when you're a kid, I mean, your parents are perfect, no matter what. And the older you get, you realize that they're just people, just like you and me. And obviously, you still look up to them quite a bit. But what they say sometimes, I mean, it it still rings true, no matter how old you get. And you you learn from it. And like I said, I'm carrying it on to the next generation and saying the same stuff. But it's true. Um, I guess my next thing that I wanted to talk about, um, and I'm still kind of learning how to deal with this, is just money. I feel like up until I moved out on my own, I mean, I was not necessarily financially independent. My dad still helped pay for different bills and stuff when I lived under their roof. But the past year, I've really learned how to honestly be completely separate from my parents and do my own thing. And at the beginning of 2020, I had a few resolutions Um, Or I guess more like goals. And one of them was just to save more money. But I wanted to become more financially responsible because I was at the time at the beginning of 2020, I was 25 and I wanted to get my 401k set up. I wanted to get my HSA set up. Look at you. And I do. I have them done. And it was funny because they were two goals that I had made at the very beginning of January. And it wasn't even like two weeks in and I just did it because it really isn't that hard to set up. But it was almost giving me anxiety to like set it up. I don't know why, but I was overthinking it and thinking it was going to be hard and confusing. It really is not that hard. If you haven't done it yet and you're listening, just do it. It's really not that difficult. And there's people at work that can help you figure it out if you don't know what you're doing, usually, depending on what company you work for. Um, but no, I, for a year now, I've had a 401k, I've had an HSA, and I was at least saving money until the pandemic hit. Um, but then in 2020, I also filed my own taxes for the first time. Woohoo! Yes. There up until go. then, my dad had helped me every single year. And I always felt like it was really confusing, but this isn't an ad, but I use TurboTax. And let me tell you, it was so easy. Like it was actually, especially if you just do it online, because okay. my dad's old school and he files his taxes through paper. So I thought that was really confusing. I'm impressed that he can do that. Now looking back, <laughs> I'm like, wow, you, you're doing the math. Like I was just putting the numbers in where they needed to go on TurboTax. <laughs> but at 25, I was like, yeah, I'm filing my own taxes. I yeah, did it right because I, I never got a letter from the government saying it was wrong. So right, I'm assuming right. it was right. You know, usually around that July time, they're like, hey, uh, you overfiled. Yeah. And here we are now coming back around for taxing for 2020. So we're going to do it again. But I'm not even scared. I was really nervous going into it. I sat down with my paperwork and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to file my taxes. And like, for some reason, I just had this gut feeling like, oh, I don't want to do this. But it took me like. 30 minutes. Did you pick like a day of the week? Like you were just like, all right, it's Tuesday. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. Oh, wow. I just didn't have much going on. Usually Bank's my Sundays are just. Oh, yeah. I'm getting it done today. So we're <laughs> going to start Monday with these taxes being sent out, right? Yes. Absolutely. So it really wasn't that bad, but it's been a hard, not, I don't know, a hard lesson is what I was going to say, but I don't think that's really what I mean. I just feel like it's been an adjustment the past few years, just figuring out where all my money is going to go. I, I'm on all my different um, insurance plans by myself now. Nice. And I just, it's weird. Like when I was even 10 years ago, thinking about all that stuff as a kid, I was like, that's terrifying. I don't think I can ever do that by myself. How am I going to figure that out? And then you just do it. And you're like, oh, I'm a full adult. I have insurance. I have yeah. a 401k. I have a savings account. <laughs> like it's crazy. I'm a big girl now. Yeah, I'm big. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's another a, one. That's awesome. That, um, Kind of like the full circleness, you know, you know, at the what, 25, 26, that's most time when all of us kids 
come off of our parents, you know, mm-hmm. insurance and stuff. So this is that first year where you had to go out there. Was that uh, difficult for you at all to find? Or do you think maybe just because of uh, where you're at um, work-wise made it a little bit easier to find? Well, personally, all my insurance is through work. I know not everyone is that lucky right. to have that. My biggest challenge, and I'm still dealing with this, so I moved to a new town about a year and a couple months ago. Um, I lived in Fort Wayne. I moved to Middlebury. I know we've talked about this before, but just a refresher. Um, and the biggest challenge for me is finding new doctors. Really? Because, I don't know, it's kind of a long story, but I went to a dentist, a new dentist, and it was just on the road from my house. So I actually walked to the dentist when I first moved. It was kind of fun because um, I was like, this is weird. I'm just walking to the dentist. But it was terrible. It was a terrible experience. What happened? Um, I don't I mean, want to give don't. too much away, but basically the guy, I felt like he was trying to scam me. Oh, no. Yeah, because the dentist I went to as a kid, I mean, I grew up in Fort Wayne and I never moved anywhere else. So all the doctors and dentists and everybody else that my parents found me as a child, I just went there forever. So then when I had to move, finding my own, well, I trusted the place that I had grown up with and I never really had problems with them. I mean, they would clean my teeth. Maybe I've had like three cavities my whole life. So it's not very or very often that I would get a cavity. I went to this guy. He told me I had five cavities. And I had just been to the dentist six months ago, and I didn't have any cavities then. And it just felt like it was a scam. And where would all these come from? Exactly. And I'm like, how did they all show up all of a sudden? So I went back to Fort Wayne and went to my old dentist, and I had one. Oh. So I haven't been anywhere else since then because I'm nervous now to find a new dentist again. Because it's just hard. When you're wow. an adult, you're like, wait. So that was the first time that you got burnt yes. by a like medical professional? Right. And it's like he might have actually like believed what he saw. So I don't know if he was necessarily purposely trying to scam me. I just don't think that I didn't trust his judgment because I felt like I was going to spend way more money than I necessarily needed to. It's and nervous, being 25, right? like you don't have thousands of dollars to spend right. on dental care. Right. And so, yeah, I'm still going to I'm still kind of uh, putting off finding a new dentist now in the area. Same with hairstylists. That's another big one for me because I like to go get my hair dyed and cut. Really? And I drive back to Fort Wayne right now to go get my hair done. Still? Because I, yes, I need to stop. <laughs> I know. And I know the girl personally who does my hair. We're like on a friend basis. That's actually how I knew her before I went to her for my hair. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop coming to you. Don't take it personal. It's not your, it's not your business. I just need to find somewhere closer. And she was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not because I don't like you. But it's just like I'm driving an hour and a half. I don't go to get my hair done very often, but it's just so hard to find people that you trust and you know that they're not taking too much money. They might you have to make sure that they take your insurance no matter like if depending on the doctor, what you're going to do. So that to me was way harder than any other savings account or plan or anything I had to set up. This might be a good time to uh, maybe stop and take a break. But when we come back, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about this trust thing. Because, I mean, in, in our 20s, right, this is that time where we've been kind of blind all the way walking up to this point because we've usually had someone to look out over our shoulders or watch our back for us. But now we've got to start encountering things like where can we go to for this kind of trust, whether it's medical trust, whether it's hair trust, dentist trust, car trust. How do you, how do you decipher through that process of the folks that you can trust? Okay, right? we'll do it. Coming up next. And welcome back to Gronish. This 
segment, we're going to go ahead and talk about things, uh, maybe the processes that we follow to find things that we trust. Now, whether that be doctors, uh, mechanics, hairstylists, Mm -hmm. what is the process that you follow down your path and becoming new somewhere to find some place you trust? Well, Google is my best friend. Google. I always Google. Do tell. If I'm looking for, okay, let's just say dentist, okay? Okay. If I'm looking for a dentist, I'm going to Google dentist in Middlebury. That's going to be my first thing. I'm going to look up to see if there's any five-star rated, four-star rated. I always want the higher stars. Most people do. Okay. Um, But that doesn't always scare me off if the stars aren't so, like, if there's only, like, one or two stars. doesn't necessarily scare me because sometimes there just aren't that many reviews, and there's only, like, one review, but it was bad. So that's why it's rated bad. Um, But usually I will... Just kind of look online, see what's close, see what's ranked high. Sometimes I ask around on Facebook, too. There's always that Facebook recommendation thing where right. you can post and ask your friends. Um, but I kind of just uh, i am under the philosophy of burnt once, not going back. Yes, absolutely. So right. I don't really give them a second chance if it's new. Now, if I've been going to the dentist for 15 years back in Fort Wayne and they screw up once, I'll go back because I've been going to them for a very long time. It's trust. It's trust. And I've already had, I already have the trust, but it's like, if they don't even do anything to earn it the first time, I'm just going to look for somewhere new. So that's kind of my thing. So they can mess up with you, but what if they make it right or try to make it right? Well, I haven't really been in that situation yet because the only place I've been burned so far is really like I talked to you about the dentist. Right. Well, they didn't really know that I felt like I was burned because I just went back to Fort Wayne and got a second opinion. Um, So I just never went back. Is there an outlier? I'm just curious. Is there an outlier that you have? Like, what is the number of, like, ones, twos, and threes that can be on this review chart of, you know, one to five stars? I don't know what you mean. Like, how many one or two stars are you going to allow before that deters you from... The overall average. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me because it's like if there's a ton of reviews and say there's like 5,000 reviews, but there's 60 that are two stars, like, but there's still 5,000 reviews. But if there's like three reviews and there's like one star, two one stars and one four star, that's probably not, I don't know. It just depends. True. You kind of have to weigh it out and just see and see what the reviews say. But yeah, like even when I'm buying products online, like I am a review reader and I feel like not everyone does that when they, they just look their size of the shirt they want and they buy it i usually check and see if there's reviews i see if people say the shirt fits the way it's supposed to fit or if it's large or if it's small and so then i will base off what people say you know what though i feel like i'm a little bit of a hypocrite because i never leave reviews for stuff so i always read them and i rely on other people but i'm never really the person that like goes on to review stuff after i buy it so you're going to be relieving rev- or, or is that something maybe in this new year that you're going to maybe start doing is uh, maybe flipping that trend and maybe I should be better about it. Maybe since I rely on them so much. I, mean, I just, you know, yeah. Exactly. Do you leave reviews? No. See, do you read them though? I do. Okay. Well then you can't tell me that I should be leaving more. Maybe but, we should both work on this. But I'm also going to tell you this. I'm not afraid to call the folks up and say, Hey, this either made me happy or this made me sad. So if you were in a situation that you were told you had five cavities, you would call them back? If they told me I had five cavities? Mm-hmm. And then you went to somewhere else and they told you you had one cavity, would you call them back? I'm not calling them back. I'm going back. I'm going oh, back no, with my I'm X-ray. not confrontational. No, no, no. no. We're not going to have a we're not going to have a confrontation. We're going to have a conversation. And that's just how that one's going to go down. I'm going to walk in there with my x-rays because I guarantee you I paid for a copay already, right? My insurance company is getting yeah. a little ding, ding, ding notification saying, hey, we got Josh's bill here. What's going on? And then I'm going to walk back and be like, hey, guys, 
Joke's on you. I don't have any cavities here. And they're going to have to answer for that, right? Put the HOTUS on them. Yeah, I just would rather drop it and move on. Uh, I don't know if that's confrontation, though. Is it? Uh, to me, it is. But it might not be to you because everyone has their own, like, definition of what confrontation is and what isn't isn't okay to do and i'm not saying that's wrong i just can't like if someone if if something bad happens usually in a business i'm like i'm just gonna leave okay restaurant let me ask you this then restaurant you're at a restaurant you you know it's a five-star restaurant okay it's the bee's knees of restaurants and Mm -hmm. you're with your guy okay you guys are there having a nice meal salad comes out it's great the dressing is the best thing that's ever happened you come out with their food, or they come out with your food, okay? It's cold. What do you do? Well, probably say something. If it's if it's cold food and it's not meant to be cold, I'd probably say something. But it's like hot around the say, edges, but I'm maybe sorry, just a little cooler um, in the inside. Okay, like so... potatoes. It's a little cool on the inside, but it's hot on the outside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on that angle where you're going to have to make a choice here. <laughs> Are you going to say something? Okay. How much of the inside is cold? <laughs> I'm saying that if this is a ratio of maybe like, uh, we'll put it a, a, a percentile, okay? I'm going to say that this is probably the inside is like 35% cold. The rest is warm. I would probably just eat it. What? You're a savage, <laughs> folks. No, she's I'm a savage. not a savage. I'm shy. <laughs> she's a savage. A savage is the person that would say, um, excuse me. How is that savage? You're a savage. You're the one eating the cold oh potatoes. I don't know. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> no, 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 no. Isn't that, the, isn't that weird, though? I think that's just a fault that I have. Like, I'm too nice. Like, I don't know when to complain. But I feel like that's all. I feel like that's the 26-year-olds, right? A lot of us are like that. Okay, are you like that? I feel like you would say something. I've been groomed to be who I am today. Okay. Yeah, but that's just stand up for stand up, right? And uh, not to get too real here. I'm a short guy and not a short, short guy because apparently I'm like average height. But to me, I'm a short guy when, you know, in the sports world with the sports background that I have, everybody's like 6'2", 6'4", 6'5". I'm like, wow, I missed out. So at 5'8", you know, I'm like, okay. So, yeah, you're going to have to stand up for yourself. Otherwise, you're going to stand to be pushed around for the rest of your life and everything. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. You're going to stand up. So if someone gives you cold scalloped potatoes, then... God damn it. <laughs> you got to talk about this. <laughs> to each their own. I'm just, I, I love that I say that I'm shy, but I'm not shy at all. I'm, it's more just like, I'm over polite. You're too nice. I'm too nice. I'm too nice to everybody. That's, That's my okay. problem. It's, uh, it's, it's a fault a, I'm working on. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. How okay. Do, so well, what, basically in 21, though, what you're saying this year, you're you going to be a savage. I'm a mean girl this year. Yes. <laughs> no, I highly doubt that. I said Ooh. that while I'm smiling and shaking my head all girly, like, I'm a mean girl now. Yeah, she had a little sass yeah. with that. <laughs> um, I guess let's just, do you have any more life lessons that you want to share? Because we got a little off topic there. That's okay, though. But- yeah, let's uh, circle it back. And, and I'll, I'll hit one real quick. Um this one's important, and I think this is for everyone out there who is listening. Um, you know, death kind of makes us have perspective on things, right? Mm-hmm. Time is something that is so important. And I think for us in our 20s, this is that time when we start realizing how just how important that time is. We can't get it back, and we can't repurpose it once it's, once it's here and gone. So, mm-hmm. I mean... The time that we have is is important, especially when it comes to family. 
I, if I could pass a piece of advice on to the listeners, don't mistake that time and quality of time with family and distract it with friends because you will spend a better part of your life wondering if I would have spent more time here or more time with them, what kind of memories would I have or, or what kind of things could I t- have taken away from that? I think about that all the time with my grandparents and like the last like year of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like I was very, very close with them growing up and even into my, my teens and early adulthood. But for whatever reason, that last year, uh, I, I just wasn't around. Wasn't around. I had uh, a girlfriend at the time that I was getting ready to be engaged to. Um, yeah, I, I just wasn't there. And I think about those often, about that year and the stuff that I was doing and what I really should have been doing. And um, it makes me feel disappointed. It does. And it's, again, you just have to shake that off like a chalkboard and forget that the disappointment's there. But Because it is what it is at this point. It is. But, but you can move on from it. Uh, you can learn from it, yeah. right? And um, I think that this is part of where we get the opportunity to sh- maybe share this with folks, but spend that time wisely. You know, I, I can't stress that enough. Whatever that time means to you and, and whatever is-, is wholesome to you, just don't don't ever forget, man. Family, that-, that-, that whole thing, it's gone in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, you're the last one standing. You know what my mom always said to me growing up and it sticks in my head? What's that? She would always tell me that friends come and go, but family is always there. Mm. And that always sticks with me, even as an adult. But especially when I was in like my middle school, high school years, I would always prioritize my friends or my relationship. Um, And not saying that stuff wasn't important because some of my best friends are friends that I made when I was young. And so I'm glad that I prioritize them to an extent. But there would be times where I would complain about going to the lake on weekends and spending time with my family and my sisters because I wanted to spend the night at my friend's house. And she would always say, she's like, your friends come and go. Your family's always there. You want to make sure you stay close with your sisters, stay close with your family, because they're the ones that are always going to be there. They're the ones that always have your back, no matter what. Family's forever. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I do. Wow. Wow. Where do so, we go from here? I mean, well, this is kind of unusual because normally on this grownish, right? We we were normally so chir- chirpy. And yeah, chip- but I feel like this is a more serious episode because yeah. a lot of lessons that you learn, they're not necessarily like bad or sad lessons, but they're tough. They're tough or they're serious because they have to be for them to actually make an impact on you and but, make you think about them. Is there anything that um, you know? And kind of looking back at the folks who have influenced you. Is there anything that um, you stand that kind of like looks back that made the most impact on you or made an impact on you that um, you just, uh, you can't believe it happened? I feel like I'd have to think about that for a minute. Do you have any examples of your own that you could share? Yeah. um, You know, my dad, uh, my dad kind of said along the same lines of uh, how you were talking about families forever. And my dad and my stepmom were both the two who always were saying, and I always wanted to spend so much time with my friends when I was at my dad's house. And again, I was there every other weekend. So if it wasn't even worse for my dad, the time that I was over there, I wanted to spend it elsewhere. Yeah. So I didn't put those two things together. And I never realized just how hurt that made my dad, you know, until it was... I don't know, one day we're, we're sitting in his squad car and I think we're driving, he's either driving me home or we're driving to work. And, you know, he talks about uh, this, 
it was like a fame or fleet. I forget how he, he worded this, but he, he, he basically went down the road of saying, you're only going to have so much time, just like our time on the weekends. How do you want to spend it? And he asked about the stuff that I would do with my friends. And he said, okay, how about when you're with me? What do we do? And we started going over the things. He goes, what are you going to tell your kids? And it was the realest question I've ever actually been, really profound. ever been asked. And he was right. Because I had no answer back to that. What am I going to do? I was over there, you know, uh, dicking around with uh, my friends when I really could have been enjoying family time with my two little brothers mm-hmm. who were who looked up to me and my older brother like we were role models to that. Oh, yeah. Little kids always do. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a grown-ish thing that we, we grew up and realized that back then, priorities and things. You just wish you would have been a little bit different, right? I, I wish I could get those days back and just redo them, but I can't. So when I have kids now, these are the, the lessons that I get to pass and, on. And them. they'll probably still do the same thing oh, yeah, as kids gonna, do. They're going to break my heart. They're going to yeah. break my heart. There'd be little heartbreakers all you know, over the You know, though, you're right with the whole, what are you going to tell your kids? Because, um, like, I mean, I have a lot of good memories with my friends, but some of my favorite memories are actually with my sisters because we actually realize, too, now since we're older, when we tell stories, it's so fun that we have a lot of the same memories because we can, like, laugh and relate to things that we don't even have to explain. When you're talking to your friends, you're like, oh, but you have to know this backstory or this happened or whatever. But my sister, sometimes I'll just, like, Something will happen, and my sisters and I will look at each other, and we're all thinking the exact same yes. thing, taking us back to memories. So that's really special, too. If you have siblings, like, it's always awesome to have those memories with them. And just, uh, you know, the folks can't see it at home right now, but the smile that's on uh, Brooklyn's face, it's so pure because that those are the type of family memories that you get with this. My sisters and I, one of our favorite things is just to send each other TikToks. Oh. And sometimes, like, it'll be a TikTok about being a kid or childhood or something. Like, something just... We don't even have to send a message with it. Just send the video and the person will respond and be like, ha ha ha. Oh my God, that's so true. And it's like, we just both know what memory we're referring to. <laughs> but yeah. Do you guys have any, you guys have any that sticks out? Like if you could think of one that sticks out. Oh, I don't even know I'll right go, now. I'll go with my brother, my older brother and I, for the longest time, we were the only kids before my sister came along with my stepdad. Mm-hmm. So we used to go in the backyard all the time. And uh, for whatever reason, we had the big old tree in the backyard. We loved to climb that damn tree. My brother got the great idea of taking this chain that we used for the dog to make sure that whenever we left, because the backyard fence was still being rebuilt at the time, so dog dog couldn't get loose, so we had this chain. He strapped the chain over one of the, the big branches that's probably like 20 feet in the air, hooks it up to my belt loop, okay? <laughs> And he says, he says, okay, you're going to have to fall off the branch and no. you're going to suspend there. <laughs> and so I fall off the branch. I hang there for a second. I get the biggest wedgie of my life. Everything rips. I'm talking about my jeans, my underwear, everything ripped. Oh, yeah. And I fell flat down, had a big old cut across my leg, had to explain to my mom what happened, why the chain was broke. My brother was hysterical laughing. Did he get in trouble? No. He's older than you? Yeah. By I how much? I got in trouble. Three years. Okay. Yeah, we're all, actually, ironically, all of my siblings were all three years apart. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, increments of three. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Funny how that worked out, but... um. Any stories that uh, <laughs> maybe you guys were a little know. bit more nice to each other? Being girls, more of my memories are just, like, playing 
weird games outside, but nothing like where we're actually getting hurt. I have a lot of memories at the lake of us just like playing flashlight tag with friends at the lake or us going to um, the playground and playing at the park at the lake. But like most of it is very lake centered. I even have a good friend that I grew up with and I actually knew her from school, but then we ended up going to the same lake too. So we have a lot of the same memories as my siblings because of that. But I don't have any like crazy st- I'm sure I have a ton of them, but can I think of them right this second? No. Um, Man, I, I wish know. I could stop thinking about it. I'm thinking about the time. We used to have this uh, neighborhood right next to us. Had this big old pond in the middle of it. Had a hill, too. So all the neighborhood kids, right, my brother included, we would grab our mountain bikes. Well, the other kids had, like, these BMX bikes. So they're, they're used to doing tricks. Someone got this giant ramp, and they put this ramp at the bottom of the hill, and you ramped into the pond. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. We took the mountain bike down that thing. My brother was like, this is a good idea. So did the the, the bike end up in the pond? We all I ended up in the pond with the mountain bike, yeah. Did the bike sink? Um. Well, no. We had to get that home. My goodness. You couldn't imagine the ass whooping I would have gotten from my mom had I come home empty-handed without a bike. Well, that's what my concern was. Yeah. Oh, no. You got that bike out at all costs. You know what we <laughs> used to do? See, this is the difference between girls and boys growing up because I had two <laughs> sisters. So there's three girls. We used to put on high school musical productions. We learned all the songs from high school musical, and then we learned all the dances, and we used to make all the parents at the lake watch as we performed basically high school musical in the grass. That is adorable. But, like, that's what we did on our Saturday. That's adorable. Well, I mean, I'm no, just saying. That's like, adorable. And I was the old, one of the oldest of, like, the crew of kids, so I was like, I don't mean I'm bossy anyway. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I apologize to you all the time. I, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm bossy. <laughs> But I've always been bossy, and so I'd always be like, okay, you're going to stand here. You're going to do this. The amount of home videos I have at my parents' house of me forcing my sisters to do songs and dances and routines, it's incredible. I think one of those has to come in I feel like point. you would enjoy these more than you should. Yeah. Um, I have, do you know, like, um, I don't even know, like, the Hard Knock Life, like, from Annie. It's a hard knock I literally life. made us dress uh, up in uh. rags and, like, pretend to clean and sing that song. You're a raggedy aunt. We had to we had to like <laughs> have outfit changes. Do you remember doodle boards? Doodle boards. They were like a magnetic board that you would like write on, you could erase it. Yeah, the little knobs. No, that's um Connectic. Connect. Oh no, I'm talking about magnet doodles. Oh. Do you remember those? Mm-mm. They had like it was like a screen and you would write and then you could erase it and write again. Well <laughs> I think it was the thing with the, got the no, knobs I can't on it, write like the television like that. No. Thing, huh? <laughs> These had pens. Shook but it. I would write out our script on these. And I would make my sisters read off a script. Oh. Yeah. I was just the queen of the house. My mom also had a daycare at her house when we were kids. She was a stay-at-home mom, but she was a stay-at-home mom with other kids over. I bet that was a blast. Oh, it was fun. But I literally (laughs) ruled because it was like all these kids that were younger than me. So I would force them all. Like we'd play school and I'd like make them all be my students. (laughs) And yes, I am surprised I didn't end up being a teacher because I seriously was like, this is my kingdom. You are all going to listen to me. We're going to do this today. I have this craft plan for all of you. Like, I made them do... I, ma- I remember making... Um, We always made puppets out of, like, brown paper bags. Brown paper bags? Yeah, like the little tiny brown paper bags. I make them... Uh, oh, the I made them... Puppets? Yes, I would make them put googly eyes and makeup. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Oh Every day was an gosh. adventure for me. I hope your mom has pictures of this somewhere. She has, I mean, VHS, VHS tapes full of my home videos. I would be like, okay, we're going to have a production at 2 o'clock. You're going to come in and record it. So then I had my parents come in and record the 
record whatever I had prepared, and then I would say, now we're going to watch it. So they'd have to watch it and record it, and then we'd go into the living room, pop it in the VHS, and rewatch it all over again so I could see myself. Your parents are the real MVPs. I just want you to They really had to deal with me. They're the MVPs. So there's my memories. They're all coming back to me now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) I think the only thing that I got to combat that is my dad and stepmom definitely have VHS of me singing Hillary Duff and Britney Spears on the way to Colorado. I would put the headphones on and I would just give them a concert. Hillary Duff, Come Clean. I know you remember that album. Oh, yeah. I'm coming clean. clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is exactly. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my gosh. I my, didn't know you listened dad. to them. That's hilarious. Oh, I loved, I loved them. They were great. Ugh. I was a huge Hillary Duff fan. Like, you were Aaron Carter. I was Hillary Duff. Oh, my gosh. I love And I'm pretty sure they had, like, they had things thing. together. They had a thing. Oh, my gosh. They had a thing. When they were, like, 13. I was definitely <laughs> like, yo, Aaron, you need to back off Hillary real quick. Well, I would have right? taken Aaron gladly well, any day. I don't know where you were, but he was definitely putting moves on my oh. girl, and I just could not stand that anymore. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. It's trouble. I'm... 26. I'm just getting over you know, it now. I'm really proud of Hillary because I feel like she was one of the only Disney stars that didn't have like a complete breakdown. Like she has, I feel like she stayed wholesome and just great her whole life. Define breakdown. Let's 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 go. Britney there. Spears shaving her head, 2008 <laughs> breakdown. Okay, okay. That's what I'm referring. But it's like okay, like her Lindsay Lohan had her moment of insanity. Aaron Carter went yeah. down the wrong path yeah. for a long time. Yeah. A lot of those like really young stars. There's a moment in time where they're not doing so hot. I just feel like, unless it was hidden to, from us, I feel like Hillary uh, Duff stayed pretty, like, Why normal. does it always start with a nose job? Does it? Ashley Tisdale. I didn't even know she had one. <laughs> I don't pay don't attention. Remember, that's what she got. I remember my sister was so upset. She used to love, uh, I forget whatever show she was on, but my High sister. High School Musical? Um... No. Oh, Zach and Cody. Maybe that one. They, yes. The twins and uh, yes. Mr. Mosley. She played Maddie. She worked the front she desk. She got kicked off of that show because she got a nose job and it I didn't know breached that. her contract. Because Disney wanted all natural. Wow. They didn't want you to do that. Interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, so they, the tea. Right? My sister was very distraught over that forever. So you I think she would have read the fine print before getting a nose job? Well, Unless she didn't agents, care. Right? Unless she didn't care about being on the show anymore. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I think this is a good time to take a break. <laughs> I think so, too. We'll come back, and I have a few more things that we can talk about. Just lessons learned, things I'm dealing with, things I'm learning and growing from. I feel like you probably have some more, too. So stay with us. And welcome back. It's time to continue our conversations about just things that we're learning from, growing and doing in our 20s. And one big thing that I have honestly kind of come to love in the past year is cooking. Really? And just planning out the meals of the week. And when I moved in with my boyfriend, we had we were trying to figure out how we were going to divide like the tasks and who was going to do what and be in charge of what. And I am much better on the inside of the house than the outside of the house. I don't like dealing with yard work. I don't like dealing with flowers and gardens. No. Count me out. Count me out. I don't care about it. Okay. He loves it. So he was like, you know what? I will always mow the lawn. I will make sure. He he created a whole new garden in our back and front yard. That didn't even exist when we moved in. And now it's completely full. Um, He's just super into that stuff. Green thumb, huh? I guess. He didn't even. You know what's funny? Every time his dad's over. When his dad comes over, he always talks to me. He's like. 
I never saw him getting into stuff like this. And it's shocking because Tim will literally go and stand in the yard with his hands on his hips and just stare at his garden. (laughs) (laughs) He's the classic, like, middle middle class, like, suburban dad. Like, (laughs) I have looked out my front yard and just seen him in the garden or in the front yard staring at the grass. Oh, one day he was he's going to hate me listening to this. One day he was laying in the grass, just picking the crabgrass out of the normal grass. What? He was picking out the crabgrass pieces from the normal grass pieces because he didn't like that they just were mixed. Just laying in the grass. Literally just laying there picking Army it out. Army crawling, picking up. Yeah. For hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's dedication. He really cares about the yard. When we walk around the block, he goes, our yard's better than that yard. Or he'll compare and be like, they might be a better yard than us. I feel like I need to step up my game. Like, he, like, cares so much. And that's great. But that is not my, like, I could care less if our yard was yellow. I don't care. That is wild. So back to what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, I went on with a tangent there. Cooking. So he, so we decided that like my thing, I like cleaning. I mean, not, no, I don't really like cleaning. Who likes cleaning? But at the same time, I like the feeling of having a clean house. So I'm more in charge of like cleaning like the inside of the rooms, making sure stuff's put together, picked up. And I also was in charge of like going to the grocery store, figuring out what meals we need, figuring oh. out. So every single Sunday, I have made it a tradition now. I sit down and I plan every meal that we're going to eat the next week. And then I figure out, basically, I mean, I usually leave a couple days open for like, oh, maybe one day we can eat leftovers because we'll have some stuff. Because when you're cooking for two people or two and a third people, it's not like you always have leftovers. Two and a third people. A a two-year-old doesn't eat very much. You fractured him into a third. He doesn't count. Sometimes he'll literally eat like a third, not even a third, like a fifth of a piece of chicken. So like who I can't, I can't even factor that in. But when you're planning for just that much, there's, there's always leftovers. So I'll leave a couple days for us to like eat leftovers or maybe pizza or something. But I usually try to figure out like four meals a week that I'm like for sure going to cook. And then I figure out what ingredients I need. And then I go to the grocery store. That's like my Sunday thing. And I've actually really learned to love it. And I will tell you my saving grace has been Pinterest. Pinterest. That's what I'm super into. I have a bunch of different boards on Pinterest, but my two favorite are meals I want to try, and then I have a thing that says tested and approved. <laughs> so you know how I'm super. <laughs> you know I'm super organized, like to a, like it's to a fault. This is the fact that you have the fact that you have a category tested and approved. It is. <laughs> It's not that funny. It's real. No, that's why it's so funny because you are that organized that even in your social media (laughs) fantasy world of putting together ideas, you have uh, the broken down into, well, is this idea uh, imaginary or is this one actually tested? And can I actually use this idea? So, yeah, I'm sorry. You know I'm organized. I know. (laughs) Like every day that we go to record a podcast, I have a full layout (sighs) for him of every topic I want to discuss broken down by category. And I think it's a bit overkill for you, but for me, it works perfect. No, you know what? I, I adapt and overcome, and okay. uh, I love this. You deal with it. Deal, so, deal with it. so what I was going to say before you didn't take me seriously was I when I find a recipe I like and I think it looks good, I put it in my I'll try this folder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you use Pinterest. I have a Pinterest. So you're familiar with like having you can have different boards. Well, to be honest with you, I thought those were albums. I thought maybe you could create called, albums. Basically, it's an album, but it's called a board on there. Yeah. Pinterest board. But then if I cooked it and it was crappy, which happens sometimes, don't be afraid to fail when you're trying to cook something new. Trust me, you can ask my boyfriend. Sometimes dinner is not so great. But those ones I just delete. 
the ones that are great, I will always ask him when I cook, do you want to eat this again? And then if he likes it, I'll put it in the tested and improved. And then I have it. So when I don't know what to cook, I have like 30 or 40 pins in there now. So I have all kinds of meals to choose from because I just keep adding them to there. It's what I do, man. And my friend actually was just asking me. So I have friends that are obviously in the same boat. And one of my best friends is married and she just had a baby about 10 weeks ago now, 11 weeks. Ooh, congratulations. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she is adorable. And she was like, my biggest thing is like, I just don't know what to cook. Like, I just can never, I run out of ideas all the time. So I told her, I was like, follow my Pinterest board, tested and approved. There's tons of recipes in there. Everyone in there you can trust actually tastes good. Because that's the thing when you're like looking for recipes online, like you don't know if it's going to taste good or not. But I've had some bad ones where I've literally thrown away. Like, I can't even eat it. Like, it's bad. I can't make shrimp. I've learned that about myself. Anything involving shrimp, just I, I'm done. I'm done trying. Shrimp? Yes, it turns out bad. Although Wait, I will what say, well, sometimes I get a little like ambitious. And I tried making shrimp fajitas with, I don't even know. It was like basically shrimp tacos. And I thought it was going to be good. It was the worst thing I've ever created. Why? What happened to your I shrimp? Don't, I don't know what happened. But even like Tim took a bite and he was like, yeah, can we not do this again? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. oh, I'm oh, so no. sorry. I literally oh, threw no. that one away. Oh, no. I couldn't do it. Oh, no. Um, But I've had a lot of good ones. Was and, your shrimp cold in the middle? No. I don't okay. know what. I don't even. I just think it was weird. Like it just didn't work. Texture. It was yeah, all of the above. All the Everything above. was bad. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You just have to have a method of like figuring out what works for you. And there's obviously lots of cookbooks and recipe books out there. That's just not been for me. For me, it's like finding Pinterest stuff. But like I said, don't be afraid to fail because I have failed multiple times. But in the process of failing, I have found like 35 recipes that I feel like I cook and I cook well and they taste good. All right. So out of those 35. What would you say is your bread and butter? One of my favorite things is my buffalo chicken pasta. Ooh. Bomb. Um, I also make really good chili. Did you bring that for the uh, holiday party last no, year? No, that was buffalo chicken dip. That was But bread. I make I make amazing. basically like that, but it's like in a pasta dish. That was good. Yeah. Well, thanks. Ooh. I really like that. Post that uh, no, you got to post that recipe on our Cronish uh, uh, Facebook. I could. Mm-hmm. Well, I have that, and then I... I make good chili. I have like three different recipes for chili because like depending on my mood, like they have different spices in them. And then I also made a really good beef stew the other day. It was super, super good. Oh, and then my favorite recipe I ever made too is my mom's recipe for chicken pot pie. Ooh. So good. Uh, This is not the first time I've heard you talk about your chicken pot pie over here. I love chicken pot pie. It's like my favorite food ever besides pizza. Really? Yeah. I just sounded like a five-year-old. My favorite food ever, besides pizza. That's okay. But it's true. I love pizza. I could live off pizza for the rest of my life if I had to. But my mom makes the best chicken pot pie of all time. And one of my gifts she gave me a couple years ago, I don't know if it was for my birthday or Christmas, something. She got me a cookbook that says, like, from mother to daughter. And she filled out some of her recipes in it. So Aww. I have some of her recipes. And she made sure to include her pot pie because it's my favorite. And I cooked it for myself. And it turned out really good. And I was really proud of myself because I... I didn't know if I could live up to my mom. Right. But I think, I mean, it turned out pretty good. So I've made it a couple times since then. Do your families have, uh, like, passed down, like, uh, like, a recipe book that's been passed down? Not a recipe book. There's, like, certain recipes that my mom has always made. There's certain recipes that my grandma made for my mom and she's made. But there's never been, like, an actual book. Really? You? Yeah, we have, uh, it's it's not necessarily a book. It's actually the, uh, somewhere, uh, my great-grandma put, like, note cards down. And maybe her grandma before her. But um, they put these, like, cardstock down and put them inside, um, like, a little, I don't know, 
a little rectangular case. Yeah. And uh, this thing has survived the course of time. I remember being a kid and my grandma pulling that out and pulling out some recipes. And then, you know, when my grandma passed, my mom took that over it. And when I got to comb through that thing, my goodness, just the stuff that's in there. But yeah, there's probably at least over 100 recipes in there. Nice. That used. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chop suey like was her best. Uh, yes and no. You know, depends on what it is or your mood. Mm, it's more like, do I have the time? Do I have the time or do I want to have the time? Yeah. It's me is forcing myself to make the time to actually do the prep. I, I don't I don't mind cooking. I like cooking, but it's just, do I want to go through the whole prep time? Yeah. Because if I'm going to cook it, I want to cook pasta. And then I'm not going to want to just get like the 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 diced uh, or minced uh, garlic. I want to actually do the garlic cloves, you know, oh, smelt my garlic I down cheat myself. There. No, you got to do it all the right I way. I buy the, the jarred garlic, um, the minced garlic. That's what I'm talking about. I cheat, but you know what? I, <laughs> this is what I'm about. Look, I like to cook, but that's just like I don't know. I don't like doing the garlic. I don't know why. I never you don't have. Like garlic? I hate. No, I like oh, garlic. Okay. I just don't like peeling and mincing garlic myself. I've you always hated take that. A, uh, you got to take a, a little uh, razor, okay? You got to take a razor and take the edge of that razor and ever so slightly, like almost like centimeters, and just start slicing no, that down. You. And then you get a little bit of butter in a, in a saucepan, right? And you saute those guys. Oh, it's the best. I, I trust you. It's amazing. It is the best. You know what? Have you ever subscribed to like a meal service like mm. uh, Blue oh, Apron yes. or good, Fresh something? I don't. They have all kinds of them. Uh, fresh Time. No, Fresh uh, no, Time is a store. Uh, it was um, something like that. Uh, they delivered it to, and it came like uh, they gave you like a week's worth yeah. of meals. I used to do Blue Apron. It was weird. They gave you a box, and they didn't even knock at your door. The box just showed up, and it's outside your door. I literally opened my apartment door, and there's a box of uh, whatever stuff. Lord knows how long it's been sitting out there. Where they're like, put this in your fridge. Yeah, it was wild, and we we had it at my house for probably like four months. Um, we did Blue Apron. We felt like there were enough cons to stop doing it. There were a lot of pros. It was nice to know what you were going to eat that week. Like, right. I think we got two meals from them a week, so I usually only planned, like, two other meals. So it was nice because it was less grocery shopping for me, less meal prep for me. But the cons were, um, we had a couple things that were bad in the box. So Ooh. sometimes they would send stuff. Like, there was meat one time that when we opened it, it smelled spoiled. Oh. So that was disappointing. Um, and then also just the meal prep that came along with those recipes, they always send stuff that took like 35 minutes to prep. Like you had to wash produce, cut the produce, dice the produce. Like there were so many steps before it even came to the cooking. And it usually took both of us because it was like really weren't meals that you wanted to cook alone because it was so much work. And then we always had so many pots and pans. And I mean, I like cooking and sometimes I'll go all out and make something that takes a lot of prep and stuff. But I love stuff that are like one pot meals, crock pots, stuff that's going to not take all day. It's not going to take a million different pots and pans. And so it got kind of frustrating because it just felt like it was so much work. That's exactly where it goes. It, it really comes back down to do I want to literally put this time and effort yes. when I could, you know, Dan Marino's Nutrisystem. That's where I'm at. If I'm going to meal prep, I might as well do the Nutrisystem. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know about Nutrisystem. I've but heard of it. I've never done anything like that. I, I, I told Dan Marino the one time I got to meet them that I, I loved his Nutrisystem. He thought that that was the funniest thing that he's ever heard in his life. So, uh, but apparently he doesn't buy into it. He looked good. I mean, Dan Marino's like over 50 years old now. And, uh, you know, he's nice. He's looking good. Good fit guy. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if I'm going to do all that, I'm going to do Nutrisystem then. Instead of like, you know, whatever works for you. I, I don't know. And it might change if know. you end up getting married and having a family well, and stuff. Lord knows. that's. I'm just saying, like, with you being who you are right now, a, a single 26 year old man, if that's what works for you, then, hey, 
you know, power to you. And that's the thing. When I lived at my apartment by myself, I was eating ramen noodles and eating a lot of canned stuff because it was just me. And I didn't care how I was eating. Absolutely. But when you have to cook for another person and then sometimes a kid, you can't just give them ramen all the time, especially a kid. You feel terrible. But it's like my boyfriend works really long hours. He works like 12 hour days. And I feel bad if he comes home and then I'm like, sorry, I just don't feel like cooking. You know, like it just feels like kind of crappy. Like you want to make sure that they have something good to eat. So it's really been an adjustment for me. But I actually have learned to like it. So I reflect on my domesticated time when I was engaged. Um, My time of domestication, you know, I would be the guy that would come home, cook the meal. Uh, She was finishing up her senior year of college at that time. So she's got a busy day on top of there. So I always tried to make sure when she came home after soccer practice, too, she, she had a nice little... Pasta or something to come something home to. Something to eat, yeah. Something. So, so you understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely. If you're the person that's home the like the longer amount of time, it just feels like you should like throw something together. Were you the type of person, though, that after you cooked, before you ate, that you had to do your dishes? No, I eat, clean them after I eat. Really? See, yeah. I, I, could, I couldn't hit the dinner table until I got really? the... Really? But yeah. the stuff can get cold. Yeah, you just got to clean faster. See, I try to clean as I cook. Yes. So usually by the time I'm sitting down to eat, the only things left for me to clean are usually the pan that it's in and maybe a couple utensils. Right. So I try to make it easy on myself, but I will never put off dinner to clean up the kitchen. I won't go to bed without cleaning up the kitchen. I believe that. It has to be clean for me to sleep and sleep well. But I, I, I like to eat and just eat when it's done. But So lastly, then, are you the type of person that wakes up in the middle of the night? Like, if you forgot to do the dishes, it's like 3 a.m., like, eye opens up. And like, no, no. There have been times where I leave it until the morning. If I'm, like, super, super tired. But usually, I make no excuses. I will get it done. But it won't, it won't keep me up at night. Grownish. No excuses. That's Brooklyn's mantra right there. I uh, like it. Except I have excuses for a lot of things. So mm, I don't no know. No excuses. When it comes to cleaning. Okay. Well, that's kind of allowed, right? I think so. Break time. Break time. And welcome back. We're going to talk about one more thing concerning life lessons. And this is kind of a heavy one, but we won't make it too heavy for you. And that's mental health. Right. And that's something that I have really, really dealt with. Um, I would say about the past seven years of my life, like especially, um, I feel like I've mentioned this before. I was talking, I think, even our last episode just about going to therapy. But it, it backs, it goes back a lot longer than that for me. Um the thing I've dealt with a lot is anxiety. And as a kid, I had anxiety, but everyone has some form of anxiety, you know, even if it's just a little bit. I think that's a natural right. human emotion. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was in college that I realized maybe mine is a little bit more than the average person. And it took me a long time to realize like, hey, maybe maybe I should talk to someone about this. Maybe this is more than just me. And I feel like up until our generation, it feels like a lot of people... um, when I say adults, I mean adults older than us, 40s, 50s. Mental health wasn't as big of a, a thing back then. It was more like you can deal with it on your own. It's going to be okay. I just don't think that they, were, like, they weren't they were as knowledgeable in treating mental health and things like that growing up. Right. And uh, that's that's a sad thing, right? It is sad, but it's. I think it's just... It's just how it was. Like there's, it's not really even to me worth being sad about because right. it's not like they were, they were purposely like avoiding it. I just don't think that they, they, they knew it was such a big deal. 
So when I first started feeling like I had anxiety that was more than the average anxiety, it was hard for me to convey that to my parents because it didn't seem like it was more. If that makes sense. It's almost hard to explain. Could I ask you real quick, and just for the listener's sake, when you say anxiety, like for me, like if I've never had an anxious moment like that, what, what is anxiety? Like when you're saying anxiety, what are you talking about? What do you mean? So it started getting really bad in college. I think for me, what kicked it off was moving away from home for the first time. I've never really been like super, super sheltered or felt like I needed to stay home. But moving three hours away from Fort Wayne hit me harder than I thought it was going to um, because none of my friends went to that college. No one I was close to. My family was three hours away. I kind of had to start completely from scratch, making friends, making those connections. And it was hard for me. Um, in the first six months of my freshman year, I wanted to come home. I used to cry to my mom on the phone and say, hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be at IU. And it took that six months. It was right before Christmas break in December. I started making good friends. And I finally found those friendships that I felt like I was going to keep through college and I still am really, really close with the one girl that made me feel like IU was more my home. Um, shout out to Amanda if you're listening to this. <laughs> That's my girl. But no, I met her and just we had an immediate connection. And um, it made me feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can do this. And then I moved in with her my sophomore year and lived with her through my senior year. But that was kind of where my anxiety kicked off of like, I'm starting to panic because I'm alone. And I used to cry. And what really got me was I was having a hard time sleeping And so people with anxiety, and a lot of people can deal with this with anxiety, your mind just races at night and you cannot sleep. Like you're up all night. I used to have to count sheep. Like it sounds ridiculous. But when you're a kid, you're always like, count sheep, go to sleep, you know, do that. It'll help. And it seems like one of those like silly things that you tell kids to do. But I was genuinely doing it at 19 years old because I did not know how to fall asleep other than that because I was just so worked up. My heart would be pounding and I didn't, I couldn't control it. Um, And then another thing that I I described dealing with anxiety, um, I felt, and this is hard to explain to you, but I just kind of felt like I was separated from everything else that was happening. So, for example, if I was sitting in a classroom listening to the teacher, it felt like there was this like wall of jello between me and the rest of the world, like the world, the teacher talking or the students around me. I just felt like separated from it. Like an isolation. Yeah. And it was so weird because I'm like, am I imagining this? Is this like... Just something that I'm making myself feel and it's not normal. Well, I went to the doctor and I talked about it. That, no, this is this is a real thing that happens to people. Um, and I'm open about talking about this, but I've been on anxiety medication for six years and I'm great when I'm on it. I don't deal with any of this stuff. I've tried to quit cold turkey, though, a couple times and it backfires bad. Really? And it's like almost like I went back to the beginning and I'm starting from scratch and I'm having anxiety attacks all over again. Oh, and no. so, and I, and I've talked to people about this doctors and stuff. And if you do go on medication like this, there is a medical way to get back off of it. You can't just quit cold Turkey. And I didn't know that. I thought I could just quit when I, cause I, I've always been that kind of person where I don't want to be stuck on medication the rest of my life. Sure. I feel like that, you know, I just, I just don't like taking a pill every single day the rest of my life. Um, So I would quit because I was like, you know what? I feel better. Well, you know why I felt better was because I was on the medication, but I tricked myself into thinking I don't need it anymore because I felt great. Well, then I stopped taking it and it takes a few days for it to get out of your system. And then it's just like your whole body just shuts down and you're like starting completely over. What? Yeah. No, don't. If you ever get on any medication like that, don't quit. Wow. Don't see someone first. That's my advice. But you know what? The positive side is. 
I'm glad that I did say something, and I'm glad that I get, did go talk to a doctor. And I see a therapist now every couple of weeks, and we talk about this stuff. And she's told me the ways of how to get off that medication if I ever want to, if I ever feel like I should. Um, but I guess my 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 uh, the way I, the reason I wanted to bring this up was the lesson that I have learned in my 20s is the fact that it's okay not to be okay because there's ways to get around it. There's ways to fix it. But the first step is just admitting that you're not okay and that you need to talk to someone because it is so hard to admit it. But once you do, you will feel so much better. And that's Brooklyn. I, I can't, uh, I can't tell you. I mean, this is something that we've all struggled with and whether we want to publicly talk about it or not, you know, we've all privately or publicly have gone through yeah. something of, of, of this similar nature. I want to know, and I think maybe your li- the listeners would want to know, what was your why? What was your why that made you, when you had that uh, that incident in the classroom, or you know, even the anxiety at night? What was your why? What made you say, "Okay, enough's enough. I've got to see a doc. I've got to get in there. I've got to say something." Just feeling like you had no control, and that's the thing. It's like I feel like everyone feels that way to an extent about their lives. If you're just having a hard time. You lose someone maybe you love, or maybe you're going through a rough patch with your significant other, or something happens and you feel like you have no control. Well, usually you bounce back, but I wasn't bouncing back. I just felt like I had no control constantly. I wasn't sleeping. I felt like I couldn't drive. I was having anxiety about driving. It made me want to like pull over because I was like not feeling like I could drive and be safe on the road. It was just stuff like that. And I'm like, this can't, I can't live like this. All these things were just so foreign to you that literally. Because it wasn't normal for me. It would just all kicked in one year. And then after that, it wasn't going away. And that's the thing. It's like, I I gave it time to see, like maybe I'm just going through something. It was, it was easily like a year of my life before I finally got on medication where I talked it out with my mom and said, hey, I'm going through anxiety and stuff. And we were trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? What do we want to do? But it was such a foreign concept to both of us that it was a year before I actually went to a doctor. And it wasn't bad all the time. I had good days. But when it was bad, it was bad. Right. And so that was kind of where my breaking point was. But it it was just so foreign. Like I said, I was young. I was only 20 um, when I got on the medication. And I'd just never been through something like that before. So I didn't even know where to start. Um, but wow. yeah, wow. Um, you know, the only time that I had ever encountered, um, you know, having to sit down with a therapist, I uh, came in my you know, later twenties after my grandfather passed away. Uh, he was inside of, um, uh, hospice center you know, mm-hmm. the last week of his life. So, and the great thing about hospice, you know, and you always wonder why support hospice as much as you can the center for hospice, because they do amazing work and not just for the, the individual, but for the families as well. They provided us with a free year of, um, of counseling or, or oh, any social awesome. services that we needed. Absolutely. It's so a we bummer you have to go through that, but it's so nice that they have those available was. to you because you know why I wouldn't have, I would have just tried to handle this the normal guy way that yeah. I would have and just uh, covered it all up. But instead I had this free resource that was there. I went there and uh, had multiple sessions with the therapist and uh, it was so long overdue that I'm, uh, I'm kind of ashamed of myself that uh, I didn't embrace, you know, therapy like that to begin with mm-hmm. because i mean some of these things that i had felt that even maybe the grief process just uncovered which was uh the feeling of like a short-tempered um i was constantly um you know i don't think i could ever compare it to the anxiousness that you felt but i would constantly sit there and just feel my heart just thump out of my chest and shortness of breath and it's like am i having a heart attack here what is going on 
And uh, the thoughts just were erratic. You know, you're all over the place and, and you, you can't really. And the folks around you see it, too. So they're, they're like, what is going on? And um, grief's a hell of a thing. It is. It's a hell of a thing. And it will make you do crazy things unless you grab a hold of it. So I have to tell you, like, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Proud of you for how you're able to, to grab a hold of that. Because it's you, been a long time coming. You didn't have the grief thing to kind of force you into that back corner or back wall to say, hey, I, I got to do this. You, you did it yourself. You took control of your life. And I think in our 20s, right, that's the most important lesson that we can learn from this mental health conversation is that in our 20s, this is the time where we need to take back that, that mental health and make it our staple. So if we're not okay right now, and believe me, folks, we just came out of 2020. A lot of us are not okay right now, and that's okay. But start the conversation. It's okay to talk about this. Just like Brooklyn, Brooklyn and I never have had a conversation about this prior to today's episode. And, and that's God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're sitting here talking about it because... It needs to be talked about. It's something that we're all going through. And not everyone is well, like open to talking about it, and that's okay, but I feel like the people who are uh, willing to talk about it should because it needs to be made more normal. Like, bring you know, make people feel like they're not alone. So if you're willing to talk about it and open up, do it because people who don't want to talk about it, they need to hear it from somebody else. Yes. Yes. So, and when that's I say my talk about it, when I say talk about it, I, I hope you folks know I'm not asking you guys to go out there and publicly put yourself on a display like that, but begin that conversation with your person or even yourself. Sometimes you don't even Look know in the mirror, right? Yeah. Have that conversation. Say, what's going on? What's wrong with it? I do that. And I know Brooklyn like kind of rolled her eyes at me like, that's no surprise you talk to yourself in the mirror. <laughs> but no, I look at myself in the mirror and I have conversations. I ask myself tough questions. What's what's going on? What do I need to do better so that way I can live the life that I want to live or the life that I, I should be living right now? What's going on? And I feel like the more that we're able to ask ourselves these questions, that's where the talk comes, right? That's where we get that confidence to maybe step forward in some darkness here and, and step out of this. So, uh... It's, it's tough. Uh, I never thought I'd be in a position right here where we're having this conversation, but I'm glad that we are. Me too. Yeah. Um, My, the, the, the lesson I guess I want to convey to everyone is it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Therapy is good. Admit it to yourself first and talk to people. Like just I don't know if I have any people. lessons right there, but Brooklyn just stole it all right there. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the name of the game. And, um, you know, there's always going to be resources out there and, you know, make sure you check out the, the our Facebook page too, because we'll, we'll post some resources for you guys. If you guys are in need, Hey, uh, starting 21 is a tough time too. So we thought ending 20, right. Was going to be tough, but even starting this year is going to be even Sometimes tougher. a new year can be daunting. It can yes. be exciting, but it can be daunting because you don't know what's coming. So, well, you know, mental health stats too. They always say that, you know, that kind of peak in some of the troubledness in, in the mental health, era happens start of the holidays and usually does not end until about valentine's day interesting okay so we're right in the thick of it right now right in the thick of it so if if any time you guys are feeling it just let us know we'll talk absolutely i'm always here to talk reach out to to us talk to you we want to hear from you absolutely okay well i guess this is a good time to wrap this up coming up next we're going to talk about what to expect in our episode eight so stay tuned All right, and we're back. 
As always, at the end of every podcast episode, we kind of like to leave you with a taste of what's to come. And I'm thinking for episode eight, I'd like to do an episode just on our recommendations. And what I mean by that is just everything and anything. I mean, we can talk music, TV shows, books, just activities, places you want to visit or you already have visited. I think it would be interesting to just see the things that we like and the things that we want other people to maybe try out because we think that they would enjoy it. Cause I don't know about you, but I have all kinds of TV shows. I love to talk about books. I love to talk about that. I'm passionate about just anything really. I'm glad that you got the top of that list covered because I'm probably going to be providing the most on the places to visit and activities. Yeah. You're Um, more adventurous than I am. Yeah. I lived in Chicago for a little bit too. So, I mean, we're only 90 miles away from Chicago as we stand in South Bend. So when you need a little break from everyday monotonous life, you can take a little drive, uh, hour and a half, uh, you know, West go to Chicago. Okay. Give you some fun things to do. I think it's going to be a good episode. I feel like we have a lot to bring to the table. And you know what? I think there's going to be probably some things that we may disagree on, too, which may make it a little bit more interesting. Okay. Well, I hope different TV shows or movies or. Episode eight. I'm, I always bring the sass. I know you do. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay, well, as always, I will leave you with how to reach us. For me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Radio Brooklyn, and I'm on Facebook just by searching my name, Brooklyn Beatty. And I'm on Twitter at Josh RW underscore Williams or on Facebook at Josh Willie Williams. And Gronish, as always, is on Twitter and TikTok at Gronish Podcast on Facebook by searching the name Gronish, grown hyphen ish podcast. And then you can always email us, grownishpodcast at gmail.com. And trust me, I really do want you to email us and hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on episode eight. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.